Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Welcome back to another edition of ESSR Central here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name is Ross McLeod. I'm joined by my co-host this week, David Hockney. David, how are you? Sorry, I'm still in the in the Japan phase, unfortunately. But you know what? Nice to be back on Central. Nice to be um, co-hosting again. Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll just get this Japanese I was on holiday out of the way. You know, I'm not I'm not having you look one of these people that go to India for a summer and all of a sudden it becomes a personality. <laughs> oh well, my god. That, I've just I've just booked another trip to Vietnam, so that's gonna be my, my April holiday. Uh, just the thought of um David Hockney out there splashing dong, uh, just um, which tells me full of dread. It's not a picture I want to see anyway. Moving swiftly on. Oh. There's going to be a lot of dog on that, on that trip. Moving on from David's dong, if you want to listen to a massive back catalogue, including our most recent feature show uh, about Roddy Roddy Piper, our massive back catalogue of Central's Saturday Draft Live and East Meets West, which is coming out this coming Friday, um, unless we have another hiccup trying to get Central uploaded again, in which case it's came out on Friday already. Or if you're hearing this in six months from now when we get the recording working, listen to an episode of East Meets West. Um, you can listen to it all on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. That's available on iTunes, Spotify, and Oregon Android Podcasting sites and at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. We are on it right. Full gear ahead. That's this coming Saturday, AEW Full Gear, coming to you from Inglewood, California, and the Kai Forum coming Saturday, November 18th, which, by the way, before we get into the card, David, means that there's going to be a massive back-to-back collision and rampage taping going head-to-head with SmackDown. Interesting. You know, and they say there's no uh, competition these days between promotions. I know. I really hope they just go all out again just to spite each other. Uh, That's what we did there. That that <laughs> that dynamite and that NXT going up against each other were sensational. If we get another SmackDown worthy of that, I mean, I'm absolutely delighted with that. But well, let's talk about full gear. Let's start on the pre-show now. We are recording before Dynamite on Wednesday, the fifteenth of November here. So there is nine matches announced for the card. Apologies ahead of time before Tony Khan adds twenty-six more matches to the card, but. We'll start at the pre-show. MGF and a partner to be determined going up against the Guns, Austin and Colton, in a tag match for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Obviously, Adam Cole out injured. We saw that um, MGF had trouble getting a few tag partners the other week before he got the acclaimed. Max Caster has offered his services more than once. Samoa Joe's offered, but he says if MGF takes his offer, he has to he has to give him another shot at the. AEW World Championship. Samojo recently vacated the Ring of Honor World Television Championship so he could have a clear shot at the AEW World title. Who do you think MGF's going to pick? Do you think anyone from the kingdom, maybe for Roddy to game favour with Adam, will <laughs> will take uh, that spot? Or who do you think? Oh, I mean, my mind's boggling at this point. Um, obviously, MGF in the past has done himself no favours when he's trying to make allies or partners and stuff. I think Adam Cole's injury, I think, has really derailed their their tag team title reign. 
So, and having missed quite a lot of AEW TV these last few weeks, I honestly haven't a clue who he's going to pick. If he's going to pick anyone at all, he might even just go two on one. Or he picks out Nicholas Cohn from the crowd, who has also been announced as all elite. <laughs> yes, I, I don't think it'll be him. Um, but um, yeah, he went two on one against the Righteous uh, at the Wrestle Dream pay per view. I I don't see him going two on one again. I don't know. Like you're saying, obviously, because you're on holiday, you didn't see as much AWTV, but I've been watching it and I really. A lot of the people are either already on the card or I think if there's not a trios match announced, I think it will be Max Caster. I think mm. I think he'll take the spot. But I do see some shenanigans. I see the guns winning. And I also see a foresee a a trios feud between the acclaimed and Daddy Ass going up against the guns and Juice Robinson. Um I I see a sort of title-for-title title switch going on here. Um, so I'm going to go the guns for this one. What about you? I will also go for the guns, because I think there's not really much else going on when Toll's out with an injury and, you know, MJF's double-belting it. Yeah. Um, MJF going up against Jay White in our main event for the AEW World Championship. Uh, Jay White's obviously stole the title. He has uh, been walking around with the Triple B. Um, a few weeks ago, won a tag match where he actually pinned MGF. Mm-hmm. MGF coming up, I, I believe he is either a year at full gear or a year just after. Actually, I'm just going to check that because this uh, is he does, he does have the record for longest reigning AEW champion. He's, he overtook Kenny Omega, I think it was last month. I if he think... retains the title here, uh, then on Monday he becomes a year long champion. Last Full year was November 19th, 2022, where he defeated John Moxley. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like, along with the, the Ring of Honor, I think the Ring of Honor, as you mentioned, the, the ad, injury to Adam Cole, the, the injury to him kind of derailed the tag title thing. But I think if we're going to wait for Adam Cole, who's probably going to be out for six months, there's plenty of time for MGF to lose it, do some other feuds, and then win it back in that time um, but yeah I, I think this is Jay White's time there's been a lot of complaints with um, certainly New Japan fans obviously you can hear Scott and Grant discuss this on East Meets West this week but the the booking of Jay White in AEW hasn't been what people have wanted this feels like a big title match and this feels like this should be the time Plus, with the devil lurking about, let's not forget the the aspect of the devil, who people have basically said on that line, yeah, it's pretty obvious it's Jack Perry. Um, it just, MGF's got too many people gunning for him at the minute. I think it makes sense for a heel Jay White to capitalise in a nefarious way. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you know what you were saying about Jay White? He hasn't exactly lit AW on fire since signing with the brand. And I've heard a lot of good things about Jay White. Jay White. You know, he was rumoured to be signing with WWE back in 2019. He was, you know, he's obviously very, very successful in like New Japan and a few other promotions, etc. But, you know, he, he's been built up to be this this big deal. But I don't know. I feel like something's missing a little bit. And, you know, the six-man tag match he had at Wembley against um, Golden Elite. Again, you know, it was probably the worst position he could have been in, even though he was teaming with, you know, the Don Callis family or the um, rest of like Bullet Club Gold, etc. It's, he, he does need a bit of a, a bit of a booster. And I think winning the AW world title will be beneficial. But that being said, <laughs> the last time I recall a challenger stealing a champion's title uh, and then going on to win it at the next pay-per-view was 2017 Backlash. And the least we remember of that, the better. <laughs> I think Jay White has been, like, for the casual fan, it's pretty much been, well, what's the big deal here? What am I latching on to? And this is an issue with AEW, that they do bring in talent from overseas or from other promotions, and it's pretty much like, look, he's here. He was good elsewhere. 
Like, so why should I care about him here? Because he was good somewhere else. Can can he be good here? So I'm hoping Jay White gets the title win. It's like um, if you're not like you're not true diehard wrestling fans, if you haven't watched every single promotion under the sun, everything from New Japan to the the Indies and stuff, like all you guys should know who these people are. I'm like, no. If he's signing a new in a new company, you have to treat him as if nobody knows him. And I mean that's what WWE was good at. You know, you have to treat them as a complete like blank canvas. Yeah. But everybody had to you had to assume everybody knew who Jay White was. Yeah, and I think there is like there is extreme uh, to do it. Like I think expecting everyone to know who Jay White is is not a good thing. But then sometimes and we mentioned WWE the blank slate. Sometimes having someone come in of a massive caliber and then having them fight, you know, R Truth and then Akira Tozawa on weekly TV and build up a, a winning streak. Sometimes that's it's like, no, let's get to the big ones, you know what I mean? Like let's get to the big matches that put some doubt in our minds. So I think there can be there can be extremes here, but let's move AJ on Styles, to AJ Styles was a key exception to the rule. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's move on to the AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida, who feels like sort of an afterthought in this reign, and it's not because of the booking, it's because of Timeless Tony Storm. This mo- Hollywood movie starlet sort of <laughs> Yeah, it is so good. Everything about it, the, the black and white entrance, the... They're taking an absolute eternity. Hikaru Shida going, oh, bugger this, and absolutely decking her in black and white <laughs> during the during her entrance a few weeks ago. I love this. And this is one of those ones. I think we've went from, from Tony to Shida to... Saraya. Uh, Saraya, back to Hikaru Shida. I think, and I know people are going, oh, you know, hot potato in the championship. Tony Storm is the best act on AEW TV just now. She is hilarious. Put that woman's title on her. Mm. Yeah. This is, I mean, talking from a purely biased perspective, I think Ikara Shida never should have lost the title at Wembley, but I digress. Tony Storm in this timeless gimmick has been brilliant. Probably the most captivating like female superstar that AEW's had since the Britt Baker uh, Thunder Rosa feud when they went all the way to to lights out. Like I think they need to capitalize on this character. She's just she's clearly very committed to it. She's going like turning up to a hundred and really, really making the most of it. And I think she'd make a brilliant heel champion going forward, especially as part of this gimmick. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those ones that isn't just a gimmick, as you mentioned. It's She can back it up in the ring as well. We've seen that uh, from her time in NXT UK and NXT uh, Normal. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you are a, a super fan, she has been on the independent scene. She has been um, on the British independent scene. So people on this show will know exactly what she's about. But mm-hmm. She's only 28 as well. She's got years ahead of her. You know, probably... Um, like she and Rhea Ripley, you know, are pretty much parallel to each other at this point. Absolutely. Uh, future stars for years to come. So speaking of the future, let's talk about a match that involves Christian, Edge, Sting and Ric Flair. A six-man <laughs> Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland with Ric Flair in their corner going up against Christian Cage, Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Um, Apparently their group's now called the Patriarchy. Who, Christian Cage's? Yeah. All right, but it doesn't say on Wikipedia. Um, uh, I, I don't know, I heard, maybe there was a a conversation to have maybe a trademark for it or something, but I saw it somewhere on forums, maybe I'm mistaken, but I think Deed Dad Club sounds better. <laughs> well, the DDC going up against Sting, Darby Allen, Adam Copeland, um... Adam Copeland never knew his father. Sting's in his 60s, so I'm assuming his father's dead. Um, this this has been a weird one. Adam Copeland coming in, obviously looking to 
to work with new talent. He's worked with Luchasaurus. Um, he's never worked alongside Sting before. He felt like he had done everything he needed to do in WWE, but for me, and it, it looks like they're trying to replace Adam Copeland's been advertised for a lot of collision tapings. He's front and centre on the posters. It looks like they're using him to fill the CM Punk void. And I had a conversation with us about uh, a, a few weeks ago with David Campbell. Uh, and I mentioned it on the show where we talked about it's not Edge's fault that, you know, a guy who pretty much was just another guy on the roster in WWE from 2020 to mid-2023 isn't as much of a draw as CM Punk, who wasn't in wrestling for seven years, you know, and had all the the drama and the baggage around him that also made people tune in. But I'm just, I'm struggling to see what Edge adds here, especially when you're going to put him in a six-man tag match and he's just another cog in the Sting retirement tour. Um... I've I've loved Christian Cage's work, but yeah, just I feel like I'm just I'm I'm a bit sick of no rhyme or reason with a lot of AEW storylines. This one, the drawing power of big name talent, like Edge could have easily finished up his career at 25 years with WWE. His last match be with Sheamus, and you know he could have settled down, had a very peaceful family life, but. I think his first major promo, you know, where he talked about where his daughter was saying, go have fun with Uncle Jay and stuff. Well, he is doing that and he is taking his daughter's advice. So if you think about it from his perspective, I think he is doing what he's been advised to do by his family because he does clearly enjoy it. And I think he's still got something left to give. Even if it's really watered down, you know, he does more six-man tag matches. You know, he's just turned 50. So not necessarily a spring chicken, but he can still hold his own in the ring, unlike, you know, Ric Flair, for example, who's very close to his 80s at this point. And I doubt he'll be wrestling. I hope to God he is not wrestling. I think he is just there Mm -hmm. to be Sting's manager. Again... It just comes with, you know, big name draw power. And I think that's how TNA, like in the mid-2000s, was able to sort of keep up with WWE a little bit. Any disgruntled ex-WWE employees would just jump ship to the next best company. And But although that was to the expense of some of their homegrown talent, and I think this is what's happening here. You know, you've got Edge, Ric Flair... Christian Sting, who also had a tenure in WWE, but obviously most people know him for his time in WCW and the NWO. The only real AEW homegrown talent you've got here is Darby Allen, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne, who are sort of lost in the shuffle amongst all these big names. Yeah, and that, and that's another thing. Like, oh, the shine will get onto them. How many times have we said that about Chris Jericho? And he's had a feud that doesn't really get the other guy over. I think MGF is the only exception to the rule there. Um, mm. And that's not because of the shine of Chris Jericho. That's because MGF's that good. And I know what you said there about, oh, well, you know, he's going there and he's he's doing what he's advised by his family. Well, there becomes a thing such as diminishing returns and not tarnishing a legacy because I think Adam Copeland could still go. But... Yeah, when you're when you're just another cog in the Sting retirement tour, and you know you did have that amazing end to your WWE career, it just becomes the point where, well, why? And mm-hmm. you know, Adam Copeland debuted what a month and a half ago. He now feels like just another guy on the roster. Sting debuted a few years ago. And have used him in that many six-man and multi-man tag matches that he feels like just another guy in the roster. It doesn't feel like, oh my god, these guys are getting to wrestle this guy. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure that people like Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus are excited to be wrestling and going up against these guys. You know, I, I would be if I was in that position, but it just it doesn't feel it just feels like two storylines squashed together. It just is an excuse to get as many people on the card as possible. And uh, this is like the the six man tag at, at Wembley a little bit, you know. Get the big names mm-hmm. on the card, just stick them in there somehow, and they will just 
be there for for drawing power and selling ticket sales? Let's. Um, I'm I'm going to go for obviously Sting, Darby Allen, and Edge to win this one. I think. Um, mm. Think Edge will get the pin, but he'll pin someone else as Christian's walking away, and that'll further their feud. And don't get me wrong, I want to see Edge versus Christian. We never really got a proper version of that in WWE when they were both <clears throat> megastars. We got it in 2001 when they were just breaking up. Mm. But at the same time, I just... Yeah, this feels like a throwaway match. Anyway, let's let's talk about two good matches. And we'll start with the Texas death match between Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page. Swerve mm. Strickland has been sensational in this heel run. From the start before Wrestle Dream, where he talked about um, you're only here... You're only here because your friends are here. You've got a fat contract and you're eating well. It clearly shows. Uh, if I had the opportunities you have, I'd be the first black AEW world champion. Loved Ooh. all that. Loved the, the break-in angle. I loved Swerve pushing Hangman so far that Hangman runs away from a six-man uh, tag title match, causing his team to lose. I love the fact that Hangman did get one over briefly when they beat uh, they beat the Gates of Agony for the six uh, for the Ring of Honor Trios Championship. Jesus Christ, easy for me to say. Um, I was so clear and concise when I talked about things I didn't like. Now I'm talking about things I like and I'm tripping over myself. But yeah, this match, I thought this was the best match at Wrestle Dream, and. I think this is a potential to once again be a show stealer, especially with the Texas Death Match st uh, stipulation. I do love a Texas Death Match here in AEW. Like it just seems to be like their go-to sort of feud-ending match in a way, kind of like WWE has Hell in a Cell or the the Last Man Standing I Quit stipulation. So Texas Death Match just cranks up to eleven. But I think the last time we talked about Wrestle Dream. Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page definitely was a show stealer outside of Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. But Swerve getting the win over the former AEW champion himself, that's just boosted Swerve to sort of upper mid-card level and it puts him in contention for somebody who's probably beyond the TNT or the international championship. You know, he could be in contention with, a, with an AEW title match at this point but I see Hangman getting the win just to sort of carry on with the whole 50-50 booking etc but big things for Swerve going forward I think you know he, he's elevated himself past that sort of you know solid mid-card talent to possibly breaking into the main event scene possibly even challenging for the AEW world title and I'm so glad to see how far he's come after that whole debacle with Hit Row etc yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Orange Cassidy, John Moxley for the AEW International Championship. I believe, I'm hoping this leads to a feud where, you know, both guys are fit and healthy because um, John Moxley obviously wins the title at All Out. Um, he then gets injured in the match with um, Phoenix. Orange Cassidy wins the title back. And now it's him and John Moxley running it back for the AEW International Championship. It seemed like a cursed championship at one point because Ray Phoenix got injured while holding it as well. But um, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a, another show stealer here because Orange Cassidy, the gimmick maybe puts a lot of people off, but he can go in the ring. John Moxley, he's good. I don't think he's as good as people make out to be, but I, I'm hoping here. For a good storytelling match. Yeah, I hope so too. Like these two guys are a very safe pair of hands when it comes to delivering a solid match, especially for a for a mid-card title. And you know, Orange Cassidy is sort of like the unspoken pillar of AEW a little bit. Be sure the gimmick's not for everybody, but you're right, he can go in the ring and he is a very entertaining guy all round. And you know, because even watching Stadium Stampede, you know, he really stood out in a lot of ways. Like, like he always does, you know, the, the kicks of death, the hands in the pockets. He is definitely one of those those figures you just can't take your eye off. And I think this is going to be a, a very underrated match. They're probably both going to bleed at some point. Well, if it's, if it's a Moxley match, there probably will be blood. 
But yeah, I can see a Mox win here, I think, because obviously the the booking with Ray Phoenix, etc., the injury angle, the concussion, etc. I don't think that was supposed to happen. And now maybe this could this could potentially be a chance for Moxley to get back back on track a little bit. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think I think a Moxley win's pretty much nailed on here, but we've said that before about Orange Cassidy's runs with the AEW International Championship and he's proved us wrong many a time. Um just quickly running through this one, recently announced fatal four-way tag match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Ricky Starks and Big Bill, FTR, the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King, and Rush and Dragalistico, or Drag Dragalistico, yeah. um, will be in a fatal four-way tag match for the AEW World Championship, a Tag Team Championships. I expect this to be a hundred mile an hour, which we always get from the AEW Tag Division. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Oaklander will be in a triple threat match against Julia Hart and either Red Velvet or Sky Blue for the TBS Championship. A lot of um, oh, it takes me back to days of Pokemon Game Boy Color, red or blue. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> a lot of storylines intertwining in the undercard of the AEW Women's Division. Hopefully, a few of them get a chance to break out, but we'll not discuss that because we obviously don't know who's going to be in the match yet. Let's talk about. So we've been positive about MGF and the stuff going on there. Uh, not positive about Jay White and his booking. We've waxed lyrical about Tony Storm. We've complained about the old guys. We've raved about Hangman and Swerve and Cassidy and John Moxley. Well, we've had a double dose of positivity, so why not end on a good wee moan, eh? Uh, the Golden Jets, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho going up against the Young Bucks of Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. This is two things. This is Chris Jericho, as always, latching on to the cool thing, which was Kenny Omega going up against the Don Callis family. And this is, once again, the storyline. The Young Bucks, who are they friends with? I don't care. Oh, my God, it's Gallows and Anderson. Can the Young Bucks trust them? Oh, my God, it's Hangman Adam Page. Can the Bucks trust them? Kenny Omega's back. Will he reunite with the Bucks? Oh my God, the Bucks are going up against Kenny and a new friend. Oh my God. Oh, friend. I, <laughs> I don't care. If the Golden Jets win, they get the Young Bucks AEW World Tag Title Championship opportunity that they won back at WrestleDream. If the Young Bucks win, the Golden Jets must disband. I don't even think they're technically a team, for God's sake. Ugh. Oh, they had like two matches together, haven't they? Yes, this is, I tell you what, people talk about, oh, well, if Kenny Omega had went to WWE, he'd have been ruined and he'd been just another guy on the roster. Well, I tell you what, he's just another guy on this roster just now, and he's a guy being wasted. Um, Absolute terrible booking for Kenny Omega these past few months. That horrendousness for the Don Callis family that seems never-ending. He's teaming with... um, the Big Show and Kota Bushi yeah. <laughs> on Dynamite tonight because reasons. Let's just break out Tall Paul. Um, Tall Paul. Brilliant. I'm just going to move on and say that the Young Bucks win and I don't care because well, I don't. I just I don't care. Chris Jericho is everything in AEW people used to say about Triple H. Remember when Triple H used to latch on when NXT was first a thing? You know, you seen him doing the Bullet Club sign with uh, Finn Balor and uh, Kenta. You saw him, you know, leading the charge for Survivor Series. He always had to open up the takeovers and let you know, I'm booking this for you. He's learned and moved away. Chris Jericho just, what's cool? What's happening? I'm going to be added to it and make it worse. You know what he is? He's the hornswoggle of this era. Wow. You want something that, bad? Add hornswoggle. Roger, no man. Add hornswoggle. Bro is clay. Insult. Add hornswoggle. DX, add hornswoggle. 3MB, add hornswoggle. Chris Jericho is the hornswoggle of AEW. And you know what? <laughs> the sooner he fucks off, the better. Anyway, speaking of someone that's fucking off soon, um, but not someone we want to see, Daniel uh, Brian Danielson, sorry, has announced that his full-time AEW and wrestling career will come to an end uh, at AEW's All In in London. 
uh, this coming August, August 25th, which tickets are now on sale now for, by the way. I sound like I'm, I'm, I'm doing more advertising than they are, for God's sake. Um, hey, listen, we, we were at the first London show and it was a, it was a fucking blast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Brian Danielson has been advertised for this show. Um, I think we knew this was coming. Brian Danielson obviously has had these problems. Uh, did retire in 2016, came out of retirement at, uh, in 2018. Obviously, he knew his time was limited. He's he's joined AEW. He's part of Wrestle Kingdom going up against Ken, uh, Kenny Omega, going up against Okada. He's 42. He'll be 43 by the time um, AEW All Out in London rolls around. I'm sure we'll still see him in specialist matches and exhibition matches, and I'm sure he'll do part-time. But his full-time wrestling career coming to an end... It's sad, but it's nice that he's able to go out on his own terms this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the thing when it comes to wrestlers and wanting to decide when to call it call it a day on full time, etc. Like they don't want to be forced out because of injury. You know, they want to choose when they go out. Kind of like what Edge said with his neck injury in 2011. He was forced to finish his full time career, but. You know, at least he finished his time in WWE on his own terms. When he jumped ship to AEW, you know, that's that's a new chapter for him. But Brian's obviously dealing with a crushed orbital bone at the minute. He's got a big uh, bandage all across his, his left eye. So, but I did hear the announcement that, you know, he was going to be out of action for the rest of the year. I don't, I'm not really sure when, is Wrestle Kingdom at the start of the year, start of the next year? Uh, Wrestle Kingdom is always around about January 4th I think they've made it a two day thing now so it's January 4th and 5th um, mm. with probably more details because the Wrestle Kingdom card is pretty much set in stone according to Scott and Grant which obviously you can listen to them on East Meets West for more on that but yeah he is announced uh, for that but he will be out for the rest of the year at this point but I mean, it's a bit risky I think advertising him a year in advance because mm. I think I'm not saying Daniel Bryan's not a draw Brian Danielson for fuck's sake isn't a draw but what I'm saying is the people he draws are already watching AEW you know he's a hardcore fan's favourite wrestler I oh, think yeah. yeah he's already he's already sort of like his audience is already going to it and I think with the yeah. injury problems he's had it is risky booking it that far ahead you know, we've talked about this before, people booking the WrestleMania main event a year in advance. Well, what happens if someone gets injured? You know, it's or risky. Someone, or someone basically elevates themselves to megastardom under their own power, i.e. CM Punk. Yep. Um, or even Becky Lynch, because Ronda Charlotte was, you know, booked in a year in advance. True, um, true. Well, uh, but, behind the scenes it was, yeah. But I think... Yeah, I think... It, it, I'm glad that Daniel Bryan. Uh, for God's sake, I'm glad stick, that, that Brian, stick with Daniel Bryan. It's fine. Right, I'm glad that Brian Danielson is getting to go out on his own two feet, and I think we may in the next five years see him return to WWE for the next big paycheck and a yearly WrestleMania match. You know, we talked about, we've talked before about the Undertaker, and you know, his last few years it was just WrestleMania. I would happily watch. Daniel Bryan, because it would be Daniel Bryan in WWE, um, do four WrestleManias, one a year, where he has a really good match against like a Seth Rollins or someone like that. And that's a nice end to his career. It's safe. And then if it gets to the point where he goes, I can't do this anymore, he walks away. It's it's a nice, it's a nice ending. Yeah. But let's talk about we talked about MGF pulling double duty um at AW Full Gear. He's now pulling double duty because he's a wrestler and an executive producer, an executive producer of Iron Claw, the story of the Von Erich family starring Zac Efron, which is getting Oscar buzz, according to David Campbell over at Pictures and Patter. You can listen to more of that on the Pictures and Patter show. I don't know what their Twitter is because I've changed it recently, but Pictures and Patter, just search that, you'll find him. Um, Oscar buzz around this, and he was saying that as an executive producer... If this wins the Oscar, 
MGF will be up on the stage collecting the Best Picture Oscar with the rest of the cast. Mental. And you just know for someone with as big an ego as, as MGF, he is going to milk it until the day he dies. You know, like a, a full-time professional wrestler as an Oscar winner, I think that would be a first for any promotion. I mean, it's mental that, you know, CM Punk called him a less famous Miz, and yet MGF could be the one with the Oscar soon enough, <laughs> standing up there with the rest of the cast. Speaking of cast, someone who's in one now after a successful <laughs> knee surgery, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio recently turned on on TV by former LWO member Santos Escobar is out of action for the rest of the year after a successful knee surgery. Um, it's a shame because Ray came back to WWE um, after, you know, taking a few years out, only wrestling independent dates and, you know, big New Japan shows and big shows in Mexico. Um, healed up, has been pretty much injury-free, been a mainstay on the card, but unfortunately now I think those knee injuries have caught up with him and that's... Uh, that's someone else who I think the clock is running down for, you know, the Hall of Famer. He is 48 years old. He will be 49 in... He'll be 49 in December, yeah. So, I'm thinking we might see... I think after this WrestleMania, maybe at the winding down of Rey Mysterio. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't happen after the, the Dominic feud. But, yeah. you know... Yeah, like, you, would, you would expect, you would expect, like you know, after a Hall of Fame induction, you think they would start to wind down or you know make WrestleMania their last match, and obviously put Dominic over as like you know a mega heel, which kind of surprised me. You know, they went the the path. You know, wait, he's still got more in the tank, and then you know about a couple of months later, he wins the United States title off of Austin Theory, and he only just dropped it to Logan Paul. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen a rematch at WrestleMania between um, between Ray and Dominic in a sort of title-for-title title one with the North American title and the US title online. I think that would have got good exposure for NXT. I think it would have been great for Dominic to get his win back and win another t uh, singles title on the main roster. But mm -hmm. doesn't look like it's going to be that. The current US champion yeah. is Logan Paul. And speaking of Logan Paul... He's recently announced that he has um, retired from MMA, retired from boxing, retired from uh, full-time fighting to focus full-time on WWE. Um, this is a big get for WWE because obviously they had to work around his boxing schedule. Now, in the case of they can get him in as much as they want, as much as he wants to, obviously I'm sure he has some creative control on the contract. But the current uh, United States champion, it's generated the buzz that WWE's wanted. I've seen some people uh, comparing it to David Arquette. It's nothing like that. Um, no, the difference between Logan and Arquette is that Logan actually can deliver a solid performance in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I, I spoke to this last week with uh, about Ga uh, with Gary Kernan, sorry, about a potential Logan Paul WrestleMania match. So I'm thinking he holds this title um, until WrestleMania. The two options, people are talking about LA Knight. Possibly yeah. if he a world title run, he'll get a, a solid mid-card title run. Or the end of the, the Ricochet-Logan-Paul feud where eventually after, you know, Ricochet's partner had to announce that um, Logan Paul was the winner at SummerSlam. The ultimate, the ultimate revenge when Samantha Irvin is able to say the winner and new US champion Ricochet. Now, from a storyline perspective, I did say to Gary that I thought Ricochet winning the US title at WrestleMania made more sense. It's a big moment and it's a good end to the feud. But Ricochet is really boring. <laughs> you know, the, he is an, un, an incredible athlete, an unbelievable highlight reel. He is just sensational in the ring. But he's no mic presence. I mean, look, there's three people involved in this feud. 
and he's the third best person on the mic behind the ring announcer who's sensational and Logan Paul who's a master a master shit talker <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. so I would have prepared I would prefer a potential LA night feud you know going back to the, the the stuff they had leading up to money in the bank what would you prefer oh yeah I'm all for the LA night feud I think if you think back to you know fastest rising star on Smackdown last time somebody did that it was John Cena you know, he was tearing it up. You know, he was naturally transformed from a heel to a face, just purely on crowd reaction. And the following WrestleMania, he defeated Big Show to win the United States title, and he got a massive pop to open WrestleMania. And it was WrestleMania 20 as well. One of the one of the WrestleManias, I think, was considered probably one of the best. So I think WrestleMania 40, which is a another milestone 20 years after, you know, the another fastest rising star wins their first United States title. It makes sense. You know, somebody who's been sort of following in John Cena's footsteps a little bit, it only makes sense for him to win the US title at Mania 40. So it's almost like poetry in motion and it kind of writes itself. But Logan, I think, could potentially have another match with Ricochet, possibly a, I don't know, say, Elimination Chamber in Australia. That could be a, another solid draw. They could have a match at the Royal Rumble, but then again, I think you know he could be in the Rumble match itself, which would be more appealing when you say it out loud. So yeah, I if I was to book it between now and Mania, have Logan compete in the Royal Rumble, just like last time, because he did do very well, and he had an amazing spot with Ricochet, who say can't do the same thing again. That will lead to a US title match between those two at Elimination Chamber, builds up the feud, etc. And then Logan gets to rub it into Ricochet's face again by having his fiance announce him and still United States champion. So it's it sort of drags the announcement out. And then Mania, you get LA Knight who takes the title off him. No, I don't I mean we talked about the end of the Ricochet feud. As you said, it could be at the big show in Perth. And who's to say Ricochet has to win the feud? Do you know what I mean? As I've said, he is pretty boring. Um, but you talked about Ellie Knight, sorry, Logan Paul potentially competing in the Royal Rumble. Someone else who's going to be competing in the Royal Rumble just announced for the show that beats himself, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar announced Ooh. for the Royal Rumble. What's your plans for Brock in the Rumble? Because I think back in like 2016, it was like, oh my God, Brock's in the Rumble. And it was this sort of, he hadn't been in a Rumble since he had last won it. It was something new, something fresh. But I think mm. we've seen No, Brock no, no, he was, he was in the 2023 Rumble, but it was between him and Lashley. They had an angle and they eliminated each other, I think. No, I'm talking about when he did 2016, when he, it was the first Rumble he had done since he won it. Oh, right, I see, yeah. yeah. It was the first Rumble he was in since he won it, and it was, a, it was a new thing, but since then, you know, he has won it. He's been in the 2017 Rumble. He was in the 2020 Rumble when he had that fun run at the start where he was just throwing bodies over the top rope. I'd like to see him in the world title picture, and hear me out here, because I know um, something else that will... Well, I, I don't really think we need to touch on it. We can say it here. Drew McIntyre turned heel this past Monday night on Raw. It looks like he's aligned with the Judgment Day, or at least came to an agreement with Rhea Ripley. And it looks like him and Seth will be going up against each other. If Seth isn't fit enough to go up against Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble, I'd like to see Seth and Drew, sorry, Drew and Brock at the Royal Rumble. I'd like to see Brock as World Heavyweight Champion, and I'd like to see Gunther versus Brock for the world title at WrestleMania. That's my fan. I think we've done Brock in the Rumble. Brock's been a Universal Champion. He's been a WWE Champion. He's never been the world champion in either iteration. So I would love to see Brock with the big gold belt heading into WrestleMania and a match with Gunther where there's no bread, no water, just meat. Big meaty men slapping meat ranked up to 11. I mean, as nice as that sounds, I have Gunther 
winning the Rumble and then possibly facing Seth Rollins at Mania. Possibly do you, the do you think process. Seth will hold the title until... Do you think Seth will hold the title until Royal Rumble, yeah? Sorry, until all the way to WrestleMania? Yes. Yes. I just don't see it with the, mm. so many injury angles. And hey, who's to say it's going to be Drew or Seth? Because Damien Priest, senior money in the bank, although he does have until July. Dinero in el banco. He does have until July. It's June or July? Uh, July. Yeah, he does have till July to use it. Who's to say it has to be on um, the world champion? He could wait until Cody finishes the story and then rip it away from him at the last minute. Um, oh, can you imagine? That would be sensational. That would be sensational. You know you're actually not against. I think that, hear me out on this, when Brock returned to the Royal Rumble, he was taken out by the Wyatt family and he ended up having a feud with them before he sort of wasn't booked against Bray Wyatt at Mania 32. Why don't they have Judgment Day eliminate Lesnar as a group? So it could be like four on one, whatever. And then that could set up a match between Brock and Damian Priest. Possibly Elimination Chamber. It would be certainly something that I think would elevate Priest. And if he won, it certainly puts him straight on the path to cash in the money in the bank. Because I think mm-hmm. the, the thing with money in the bank is you can cash it in any time. And it's, I know, I know, I know people go, oh, well, such and such isn't ready. Well, the money in the bank kind of negates that because you can kind of learn on the job and there's a reason you're actually the champion. But I, I just think there's a couple of big wins missing in Damien Priest's res, uh, repertoire. Uh, you know, he lost the US title to Finn Balor. He he lost to Edge during the Judgment Day feud. Him and Balor lost to Ray and Edge at Clash of the Castle. He was never NXT champion. You know, he lost the big matches against Karrion Cross. He lost a few matches against Finn Balor in NXT. And yeah, he, he's been protected as part of the Judgment Day recently, but I think he's got too many big match losses. Bad Bunny's another one um, in his back catalogue. I think he needs a couple of big wins under his belt. Cody Rhodes as well. Um, so I think he needs a couple of big wins under his belt, and Brock Lesnar could be just that. I'm not against that either. That's actually quite a good suggestion. Yeah, um, I'm, all for the, I'm all for the match, but I never said like who was going to win. You know, Priest no, no, could no. Pull, pull an upset. Um, that can be this week's big question what do you want to see Brock Lesnar do at the Royal Rumble and what do you want to see Brock Lesnar do at Wrestlemania we'll go with that, that'll be our big question here uh, um, speaking of Bad Bunny, we mentioned Bad Bunny he is apparently looking to be at Wrestlemania 40 um, I'm just finding the photo here, according to PW Insider Bad Bunny looks to be available for night two of WrestleMania 40. Should he and WWE come up with a plan for him to appear? Um, Bad Bunny against Brock Lesnar. Yes, let's finish that feud. <laughs> yeah, um, honestly, if you get him in Suplex City, he is going to get flung about like a wet trackie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Bad Bunny, um, I think, obviously, there's a storyline there if Ray can't compete for him to go up against Santos Escobar. We saw what the the Bad Bunny feud did for uh, Damien Priest when he first came in. Obviously, he got the big match in San Juan uh, back at Backlash, and the crowd were just sincere. That entrance, Bad Bunny's entrance in Puerto Rico, if you've not seen it, go watch it. It stands up against any against any wrestling entrance and any promotion is absolutely sensational. But yeah, uh, Bad Bunny looks to be available for WrestleMania 40. Who would you like to see him go up against, David? I'll put you on the spot here. Oh, gosh. Um, you know what? I wouldn't be against him going against Escobar. You know, if Escobar breaks out back into his Legado del Fantasma gimmick, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, because him as a solo guy in NXT, black and gold NXT, was really, really good. You know, he had an outstanding match against Jordan Devlin 
for the undisputed cruiserweight title. He's, um, but he came across as a very respectable heelish character. You know, he's a father of a young son. He wants to be a, a role model for him, but he's also proud of his lucha libre heritage. But I think it gets to that point where if you're going to have a Ray Dom rematch at Mania and you need Escobar to sort of parade around as, as the top Latino in WWE, that could be a reason for Bad Bunny to step in and say, yeah, you know, hold on, SA. I'm undefeated. You know, I've defeated The Miz. I've defeated John Morrison. I've defeated Senor Money in the Bank, Damien Priest. Who's to say I can't put you down? I would be against that, yeah. So, Bad Bunny looking to be at WrestleMania 40. We mentioned Drew McIntyre recently turning heel. Do you see, we obviously touched upon it briefly during the Brock Lesnar uh, Royal Rumble discussion. Do you see Drew turning heel? Do you see... Sorry, do you see Drew? Obviously, did turn heel. I was going to say, yeah, I think he yeah. has turned heel. Do you see Drew turning heel? Yes, because I watched Raw. Um, <laughs> do you see Drew winning a world title during this run, or w- what does it lead to? What's what's a successful end game mm. for Drew as a heel? Priest cashes in, becomes champion, but goes a little bit crazy with power, saying. I'm the world champion. I'm the leader of Judgment Day. He did say that on Raw. Yep. But it gets to a point, Judgment Day huddles together. We'll put our second biggest guy against them. You know, the six foot five, 265 pound, big meaty Scotsman. Just, and then just claymore his head off. He's out the Judgment Day. And then Drew becomes the new big man as world heavyweight champion. And do you see Gunther dethroning him or... Oh, that's a tough one, actually. Um, It could possibly go somewhere down that line. Um, I think... Oh, gosh. This is a a puzzling one. Well, listen, you know... We are talking here about multiple scenarios that could happen. Me and Chris mm. Angelo Lopez, after the 2022 Royal Rumble, spoke on Central where we were like, what the hell happens with the WWE title at WrestleMania? You know, eventually they just put both titles in the same match, but it's nice to be in a position where both world titles, there is a clear storyline for one, Cody and Roman, and there is multiple options for the other. So i tell you what, we'll... I'll not put you on the spot anymore. I'll let... We'll move on for that. (laughs) We'll move on for that. We'll talk about our last news story and then we'll finish up for the the week. Um, The definition of if you can't beat them, join them. Asuka has joined the now five members of Damage Control. There is now Bailey, Dakota Kai, Kyrie Sane... Bailey to quote guy, can you say EO Sky, just forgetting about the women's champion there, you know, no biggie. And Asuka turning on Bianca Belair, thank God. Um, I was hoping it was Bianca. I was hoping Bianca was going to join them and have a bit of bit of a heelish character to her, but no, she's still sort of got this I'm the bestest, I'm the fastest, I'm the roughest, I'm the toughest, I'm the EST. I don't care. Um <laughs> But Asuka joining here and part of this stable, I would love to see damage control with all the gold. I would love to see it become so powerful and then a civil war breaks out. I don't know Dakota Kai's injury update. I don't know how long she's going to be off TV, uh, out of action for, sorry, she still is on TV. But I would love it if, you know, Kairi Sane and Asuka once again hold the tag titles. I would love a breakaway faction with EO, Asuka and Kyrie Sane going up against Bailey and Dakota Kai at WrestleMania. Um, mm. I, I, there's so many fun. And again, this is a, a testament to Triple H's WWE. He does get things wrong. He's not perfect. There are some people who have been brought back who haven't been booked well. But Kyrie Sane brought back, put straight into the hottest stable, brought Dakota Kai back to be part of this stable that's now picking up momentum uh, what's that, over a year they've been part of the WWE, two tag title runs. Yeah, and, a year uh, and a half, yeah. yeah. A women's title run for EO as well. And yeah, just th- this faction, it's sensational. And I'm, I'm hoping we get a traditional Survivor Series match at Survivor Series. This is the perfect match because there's five of them in there. 
And I know we talked about Dakota Kai. This is the sort of match where you can kind of protect her if she is injured. I don't know if many remember the horrendous League of Nations. Wade Barrett was injured for quite a bit of that. So he just kind of stood on the apron for six-man tags. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it's obvious that Dakota is going to be out of action until Mania season, I think, because she only just recovered from surgery around SummerSlam when EO cashed in, and she was given a six- to nine-month recovery time. So it sounds like she's not going to be fully recovered until just before Mania, because she's still walking around with the knee brace, but yeah, I don't think she's permitted to like you know get in the ring and get physical. But I like how they've basically damage controls essentially bolstered the ranks with the with the addition of the the former Kabuki warriors. And um, but it's not the first time that Asuka and Io Shirai have been in a stable together. Uh, they actually used to be a part of a a trio called Triple Tails with uh, with Mio Shirai, uh, who's Io's sister. I think that was either in Stardom or New Japan, one of the two. It was one of the, the Japanese promotions. So there is a bit of history there between Io and Asuka as, as stablemates. And then, of course, there's the Kabuki Warriors. Fair enough. Um, well, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I'm hoping it's just not five randoms. I'm hoping Bianca comes up with something. This is the perfect opportunity. And I mentioned what Triple H is doing well. What Triple H isn't doing well is developing certain characters, you know, like, and, you know, we talked about, uh, we've talked about the Street Profits multiple times on this show. Um, David Campbell mentioned the heel turn and aligning with uh, Bobby Lashley and his lot. What, what has it done? Because they're still doing the same entrance. They've still got the same music. They're still wearing the same gear, except they wear suits instead of trackies outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. It's not hitting. And Bianca Belair, I think she's an incredible athlete, possibly the strongest woman on the roster. The fastest. The fastest, the roughest, the toughest. There we uh, go. <laughs> incredible shape. But again, and I've mentioned this before, this whole... I'm the best. Why are you the best? Because I'm the best. It's I'm not like a brick shit house. Jade Cargill ain't got shit on me. Yeah, it's it's sort of a it's the most overdone gimmick in wrestling. I think you know I'm the best. Why? Because I'm the best, and I want to be the champ. It sounds like a five year old. I'm fast. How fast? Really fast. I'm the fastest. It just it needs to develop. We need. Um, we need a bit of character development when it comes to Bianca Belair. And I'm hoping this feud uh, going up against the new Damage Control can grab it, uh, can drag it out of her. Yeah, Damage Control needed a, a real boot up the arse uh, for the last few months because they were getting a bit stale. But the addition of the Kabuki Warriors, I think I've just brought them back into, into, into contention. They feel like a formidable force again and they're not just, you know jobber fodder for Bianca and Charlotte or anybody of the other Smackdown women but yeah there is potential for a second round of dominance but also more potential for for infighting especially you know if Bailey's starting to feel like the outsider in this in this faction yeah no absolutely right folks that's going to do it for this week our preview of AW Full Gear and a roundup of all the WWE news. Don't forget if you want to listen to everything happening in New Japan, you can check out East Meets West. They're going to be discussing Wrestle Kingdom, the Wrestle Kingdom card all but confirmed. The World Tag League uh, starts November 20th, I believe. I could be wrong on that. November 20th, the World Tag League starts. I've just confirmed it. Um, (laughs) And it's got some notable teams in it, a few names that people might know uh, from the Western world. You know, the former uh, TM61 of NXT, they're taking part. Um, The Gates of Agony, uh, two-thirds of the Ring of Honor trios champions, they're taking part. So there is uh, a Western, a few names known to the Western uh, audience and, of course, some of Japan's finest. Yoshitatsu is still looking for a partner. Who will his mystery partner be? I'm sure the boys will talk about that. Damien Sandow. Damien Sandow, fair enough. (laughs) I'm sure the boys will talk about that on East Meets West. Uh, We also have a massive back catalogue of previews, reviews, interviews and all the news. You can find that 
Eat Sleep, uh, Eat Sleep Suplex Repeat on iTunes, Anchor, and all good. Jesus Christ. Find us where you find podcasts, all right? iTunes, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. I'm not editing that out. I've had a long day of your... Uh, and of course, if you want to get involved, our big question this week, what do you want to see Brock Lesnar doing at the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? That's at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Thank you very much, David, for joining us. We'll be back next week and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Dara. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McRobbie. We are the host of the monthly show on the Suplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Seek Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.